and welcome to That Damn War. My name's Anna and I'm so excited you've joined for episode seven. It's a very special episode for me because I decided to go on YouTube. Now, I just want to say, I think this is my damn war, so you've got to bear with me, but my mates have been encouraging me to do it, so I thought I'd do it. Here we are. If you're listening on Spotify or iTunes, thanks for tuning in. And if you're new, a very, very warm welcome to you in this podcast. I talk about breakthrough a lot and this podcast in particular, I'm talking about being barefaced when we actually remove the mask and decide to stop hiding who we really are and stepping out in faith and trust that God created us and designed us to be incredible. And I'm going to be talking from Hebrews. I'm going to be unpacking a scripture which has been really resonating with me this week and I hope it blesses you. And it's looking at heroes of the faith and I'm taking it from Hebrews 11 and I'm reading from the Passion Translation and it says this, Faith motivated Abraham to obey God's call and leave the familiar to discover the territory that he was destined to inherit from God. So he left with only a promise and without even knowing ahead of time where he was going. Abraham stepped out in faith. He lived by faith as an immigrant in his promised land as though it belonged to someone else. He journeyed through the land living in tents with Isaac and Jacob who were persuaded that they were also co-heirs of the same promise. His eyes of faith were set on the city with unshakable foundations whose architect and builder is God himself. Sarah's faith embraced the miracle power to conceive even though she was barren and past the age of childbearing for the authority of her faith rested on the one who made the promise and she tapped into that faithfulness. It goes on then to say, the heroes all died still clinging to their faith, not even receiving all that had been promised to them. But they saw beyond the horizon the fulfillment of their promises and gladly embraced it from afar. They all lived their lives on earth as those who belong to another realm, for clearly those who live this way are longing for the appearing of a heavenly city. And if their hearts were still remembering what they left behind, they would have found an opportunity to go back. But they couldn't turn back for their hearts were fixed on that was far greater. That is the heavenly realm. Now I'm talking about this scripture from a perspective of identity and when we fully when we fully believe who we were really made to be. And the reason why I looked at this scripture is because actually when you unpack it kind of line by line, which is what I'm going to do, it reveals so much about stepping out. It says faith motivated Abraham to obey God's call and leave the familiar to discover the territory he was destined to inherit from God. I'm going to pause there. He left the familiar to receive the promise this got me thinking loads. It's like, what is familiar to us? What are these familiar thoughts that we can really lean on being like, oh yeah. And these are thoughts that we probably have every day that we don't even realize are negative because they're so familiar. It could just be, oh no, I'm I'm not going to do that. That, That's not very me. Or it could be, oh, I, I couldn't wear that. Are you serious? This is me we're talking about. Or it could be a huge dream that you think I'm not going to do that. That's too much. Or it could be, I just need to tone it down. I need to hide behind something, whatever that kind of security blanket is. I need to hide behind it because what if I wasn't fully accepted? What if I wasn't fully received for who I really am? These are the familiar thoughts that actually are so unhelpful for us. And what I love about this scripture is that it says that Abraham left the familiar to receive the promise. Sometimes we need to leave those familiar thoughts. We need to say, you've had your day, you're boring. I'm going to move on now and I'm going to receive everything that God has for me. And that can be scary leaving the familiar can be scary, but sometimes we've got to do it to receive everything that God has for us. It's disempowering and disengaging those negative thoughts that actually hold us back. And I think sometimes we think I need to have it all together. I need to know all the information and then I can step into my full identity. But actually we don't always have that. 
we don't always have all the information. Sometimes stepping out is in faith and then we can receive the promise rather than stepping out once we know it all. For example, if you've got those negative thoughts, it's saying, actually, I am good enough. That can feel vulnerable because it's not a familiar thought sometimes, whatever that is for you. But actually it's stepping out and thinking, no, the more I say it, the more actually this is for me. Because Abraham was destined to inherit the promise from God, but he had to leave the familiar. What's the promise of God over your life? What's the truths that God speak over your life that actually when you step out, you can fully receive that promise? It then goes on to say he left with only a promise and without even knowing ahead of time where he was going. This is nuts. So he had only a promise. He he left before knowing where he was going and he stepped out. He lived by faith as an immigrant in his promised land as though it belonged to someone else. I think we can all relate to this. He left with only a promise. So first of all, he's stepping out being like, all I know is is what I know like all I know is that I've got a promise and I'm going to leave and then it said he lived as though this land belonged to someone else even though it was his promised land when we look at this from a perspective of identity sometimes removing the mask sometimes removing that thing we've been hiding behind can feel like oh my gosh this is not familiar territory for me I remember meeting up with a friend a few years ago now and I said to her if your worth, if your identity walked into this room now, would you even recognise it? Or would you think, that's too good for me, looks too good for me, doesn't look like it's mine, it looks too great, it looks too beautiful, it looks too powerful. But actually it's yours. And sometimes living in the promise, sometimes living in true identity feels like this is not for me. Saying these declarations, saying that I'm amazing, saying that I'm handcrafted by God doesn't feel like me because I'm not actually good enough. But that's the familiar thought we need to get rid of. The truth is you're amazing. The truth is you are fashioned to reign. The truth is that you're co-heirs with Christ. And sometimes that can feel like the unfamiliar. It can feel like a land that's not yours, that you're living as an immigrant in, like Abraham living in his promise as though it belonged to someone else. The truth of your identity is beautiful. The truth of who you are is awesome. God's vapor created you, his breath. He handcrafted you with his fingertips. That's the truth, that actually he spent time, that he loves you to death. That's how amazing you are. And he says that you're worth it. That can live That can feel like you're living in an unfamiliar territory, but it's yours. It's your promise. Abraham lived in his promise as though it belonged to someone else. But you can be confident thinking, if God says it, this is the land that I'm going to live in. I'm going to get familiar with it. I'm going to get familiar with if God says I'm amazing. I'm going to come in alignment with that and live as if it's mine, even though it feels like it belongs to someone else. It then goes on to say he journeyed through this land, living in tents with Isaac and Jacob, who were persuaded that they were also co-heirs of the same promise. This is so cool. He lived with, he had community with people that were like, yeah, I'm in, I'm in for this promise too. I'm going to be co-heirs with you. Who's your community? What do your friendships look like? Are you are you hanging out? Are, who's your crew? Are you living with, are you hanging out with people that are like, yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to believe for that. I've got a holy identity too. I'm going to believe that God says I'm fashioned to reign as well. Or are you hanging around people that are just breathing like lies or speaking negativity and it's creating a world that actually is is pretty like the opposite to what God says about you? Who's your community? When I moved to London, I um, started to spot people from my church. So I was like, I like what's on their life because they're going after truth. They're going after holy identity and I want to come in alignment with that. So I'm just going to hang around with them. And I started to, and it's quite like awkward sometimes, isn't it? Been like emailing or texting someone, been like, hi, uh, you don't really know me, but can we go for a coffee? But I was just like, it's literally life or death for me. I know that God's got a promise over my life, but 
the people that, you know, I, I had been associated with at points in life didn't believe that for me. So actually I was like, okay, I'm going to hang with people that really back me, that can call to me, me to a higher standard, not in negativity, but can say, Anna, what do you reckon to that decision? Do you think that was a decision that's that's the truth of your life? Or do you think you've come under a lie? Do you think you believe in a lie? They start to challenge me on things because they were living in a promise as well, that they were like, God's got good things for me and I need to believe it. I need to live in that space. Who's your community? Who are you surrounding yourself with? I love that Abraham lived with Isaac and Jacob who were like, I'm co-heirs of this promise. Let's go after this together. I'd encourage you to find those people, whether it's finding them, I don't know, I guess in our day, like Instagram or in your church or at work, people that are like going after God, people that are going after holy identity, being like, yeah, I want to live like Jesus lived. I want to live a life where I actually believe that I was fashioned to reign and make friends with them, hang out with them, get them to challenge you on things. It's not easy, but I'd fully recommend it. I wouldn't be the woman I am today if I hadn't have pursued good friendships. If I hadn't have said to people, can I call you up and believe in this lie? And they say, that's not for you. There's a higher perspective for you. That's a mask that you've been hiding behind, but get rid of it. This is what this is the community of what Isaac and, Jake, Isaac and Jacob and Abraham, they had this thing of, yeah, we're co-heirs of the same promise and we're going after it together. Who's your community? Let me encourage you to surround yourself with these kind of people. And then it says, Abraham's eyes of faith were set on a city with unshakable foundations whose architect and builder is God himself. I love this because it's kind of like, sometimes we don't see things and we're just looking through things with eyes of faith. And it says that they were set on the foundations and that whose foundations the architect was God himself. If God's given you a promise, if God's said a truth over your life, that's a sure foundation. And um, I remember when I was a kid, I was um, on the beach with my dad and the we went like climbing. I was only like six, so it was probably not very high, but for me, it felt really high. And the ground was really rocky. I remember slipping and dad grabbed my arm and not for a moment did I think, oh, you know, he's going to come down with me. I was just like, oh, my dad's got me. It's fine. Sometimes foundations, when we step out in faith, can be uncertain. It can be like, oh, no, what if what if I tread on this rock and it's going to slip? Actually, God's got you. He's the great architect. He's not going to let you go. He's got a sure foundation because he is the sure foundation. And sometimes thinking, okay, I'm going to step out and remove the mask, show the world who I really am. I'm going to receive my full identity. That can feel quite vulnerable but God's got you. He's not going to let you go. He's not going to let you step out and and say, yeah, you're my son, you're my daughter. I want you to believe the best of yourselves and then see you crumble. He's going to make sure that your foundations are secure. But doing that is trusting that God is your great architect. His foundations are secure because he is your foundation. When there you wobble or panic or freak out, trust that God's got you. He wants you to believe the best about yourself because he thinks the best about you. So it's come in alignment with that and thinking, God said, it's not just a, like a TED talk or it's not just something of, oh, I'm created to win. That's actually biblical principle. So it's come in alignment with what God's saying about you and being like, yeah, that's the sure foundation I'm gonna live my life on. And it's unshakable because it's God himself. He's the architect of your life. And it's coming into trust, holding his hand, aligning yourself with, okay, if he says this, I'm gonna trust it. That's the foundation I'm gonna live my life on. And then it goes on to talk about Sarah. And it said that Sarah's faith embrace God's miracle power to conceive even though she was past the point of conceiving it says she was barren and then it says for the authority of her faith rested on the one who made his promise and she tapped into that the authority of her faith rested on the one who made the promise if God's promised you something 
which he has because the Bible's filled with it, if he's so spoken truth over you, the authority of your faith, the thing that when you're not seeing it, you can say, no, I trust that God's word is higher than what I'm seeing right now. It rests on that of God. It rests on his faithfulness, the authority of the one who promised. It's going back to the throne room and saying, God, you promised this over my life. I remember um, I really, really like, I really believed I was supposed to go to California. I felt God spoke to me and I go to California and study at Bethel School of Ministry. And I was like, okay, well, how am I going to get the money? And so I remember being on my knees in my bedroom, really believing and I was striving and I was like, what am I going to do? And God was like, Anna, go back to bed, trust that I've got this, but you also need to have the confidence if I lead you somewhere, I'm not going to leave you in debt or disappointed, but you also need to have the faith. And I felt like God say, Anna, you're praying on the floor, but you're not even moving in faith that, that I've said this to you. You're not packing your stuff as if you're ready to go. I was like, oh my gosh, yeah, and that's this. It's the authority of your faith rests on the faithfulness of God and tapping into it, being like, okay, I've got authority to declare this. I've got authority to declare that I'm amazing, that I'm fashioned to reign, that I'm a co-heir with Christ, that actually God set me up to win. And the authority of that rests on the one who said it. He said it, so you have full authority to say, okay, I'm I'm fashioned to reign. I've, I'm co-heirs with Christ that everything I do will win because I'm with God and he is the foundation which I stand on that's the authority of your faith because it rests on the one who said it if God spoke a word over you his word doesn't return void he hasn't forgotten it the timing might look a bit off like Sarah she was barren so she was probably like serious because barren but actually God was like well I've spoken over you and she ended up bearing child if God's spoken something over your life, his word doesn't return void and he will see it to completion. When that comes to identity, it's kind of dethroning that thing that you used to believe about yourself and saying, that's not the word of God. The word over my, over my life from God is that I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. And so the authority of what I believe on that rests on the fact that he said it and his word is higher than our insecurity. His word is higher than what our finances look like right now. His word is higher than what your relationship status look like. His word is higher than what your um, job situation or your family situation looks like. If he said he's going to redeem it, he will and that's his nature. And that's the authority which our faith can rest on. It said these heroes in the scripture, it says these heroes all died still clinging to their faith, not even receiving all that had been promised, but they saw beyond the horizon the fulfillment of their promises and gladly embraced them. I love this. It says that they died still clinging to their faith. The word clinging to means to fit tight, to fit closely or to depend upon. So these heroes of the faith, Abraham and Sarah, they died still fitting closely, still clinging to their faith. They might not have seen all the promises, but they were like, I know God's bigger than what I'm seeing right now. At Christmas time last year, I've mentioned this in a few podcasts, but it was just such a low time for me. And I just felt so heavy and I was like, oh, nothing in life is looking at like the promises of God. And I started to get myself in a bit of a rut and I just felt so low. And on top of that, I'd gone through a breakup and I was like, everything in life looks quite different to things that have been spoken over my life right now. And the two things that I could rest on at that point in December, it was God's good, God's good and he's got a plan even though life doesn't look like that right now, I know he's good and he's got a plan. And they're the two things that I promise you, it wasn't like I was chanting around my room being like, no, I'm going to win. God's good. And he's got a plan. It was actually quite the opposite. I was crying in bed, just been like, if there's just two things I can focus on, even though I don't feel it right now, 
the truth is, which is higher. He's good and he's got a plan. It's changing the perspective. In the scripture, it's saying that on the horizon, they saw the fulfillment of their promise. They might not have seen it right now. They might not have seen it in the moment, but their dad's still clinging, saying, on the horizon, I know he's going to fulfill because his word never returns void. What are you speaking over your life right now? You might, what's your situation right now? It might not look like, okay, all my promises have been fulfilled and it's clicking on all cylinders. But actually it's been like, okay, on the horizon, I'm going to shift my perspective. The world right now might look like we're in a pandemic. I'm going to shift my perspective and believe the best that God really is the healer. The world like right now might not look very just. There's so much injustice happening in terms of racial inequality. But let's lean into the fact that God is a just God. The situation doesn't look great at the moment, but let's intercede on the behalf of the world and believe that God is good and he will come through and he will have the final say because he is the God of justice. And it's shifting the perspective saying, God, what's on the horizon? I might not see it right now, but I'm going to fit tight. I'm going to cling. I'm going to come close. I'm going to lean in and cling to the promises of God on my life. What's the promise of God on your life? You might not see it right now, but it's on the horizon. Shift your perspective, move the perspective up, take the mask off of the thing that you've been like, oh, well, of course, I'm not seeing it right now. So I'm going to put the mask of insecurity back on and think, oh, I'm not good enough. No, that's not good enough. Let's take off that mask and say, no, God is good. So he will come through. I'm not going to be hide behind a lie, even though I don't see it in the moment. I'm going to be hide in the under the shadow of the wing of God that's the thing to hide behind. It's saying on the horizon, I know I'm going to see it. I might not see it now, but I'll see it on the horizon and acknowledging that God really will fulfill it. His timing is perfect. It then goes on to say they all live their lives on earth as those that belong to another realm. For clearly those who live this way are longing for the appearing of a heavenly city. For me hearing that, they live their life as if it was of another realm. It just takes all the pressure off. Because it's saying, okay, I know I live here right now, but I'm called for something higher. And the Bible says to pray, Jesus says, pray as if it's on earth as it is in heaven. Because actually we're seated in heavenly places with Jesus. So we can live our life being like, okay, I'm going to declare, I'm going to pray, I'm going to speak life over my situation. I'm going to speak life over my identity. I'm going to remove the mask and be barefaced, vulnerable, walk into a room saying, this is who I am. I'm created, I'm seated in heavenly places. You might not feel it. It might feel unfamiliar. It might feel like you're living in a land that belongs to someone else. But actually it's walking into a room and saying, I'm fashioned to reign because God says it. I see it on the horizon. I might not feel it right now, but I am. I'm seated in heavenly places. I'm going to live my life not coming under what the world's saying about me, but I'm going to live my life coming under what God says, the heavenly perspective over me. And it says, and if their hearts were still remembering what they left behind, they would have turned back. They would have found opportunity to go back, but they couldn't turn back because their hearts were fixed on what was greater. How amazing and how true. Sometimes we're on our journey and we're like, I'm gaining ground, I'm living in a new territory, I'm doing really well, I'm living in them, I promise. And it can be tempting to look back, go back to old familiar ways. But I love this because the scripture says, but their hearts were fixed on something greater. And so I encourage you, if you're like, okay, I'm going to remove my mask, I'm going to stop hiding behind my insecurity and I'm going to remove it and live in my true identity. Don't be tempted to turn around unless it's to seek God's faithfulness. I remember hearing this quote when I was at ministry school in California and they said, only look back to see God's faithfulness. But have your heart set on a higher truth. Have your heart set on the promises of God over your life. And that's what will keep pushing you forward. Don't find opportunity to go back. 
I've recently been thinking lots about this actually, thinking about my life story. And I've realized that there's actually a boundary line when we're thinking about our story and thinking about break breakthrough where then we have to pause and think that's enough. Because if we re- reflect too much on the past, if we think, oh my gosh, yeah, sometimes we can get into a little shame spiral So it's living from a heavenly perspective saying, wow, yeah, God is really a redeemer and I'm going to live in the land of the redeemed. And that's the truth. He he rescued you from a situation. Amazing. Live in that space. Don't look back and think, well, these are all the bad things I did in that time. He's rescued you from it. He's your redeemer. He's got good for you and it's on the horizon. Your worth is of high value. Who you are is accepted and loved by the King of Kings. The Bible says that the kingdom of heaven is at hand. In other words, fix your heart, fix your mind on that is on that is that is greater, the heavenly perspective. The kingdom of heaven is at hand. So that's like every time I pray for someone, I'm gonna see healing. You might not see it in the moment. That healing might be on the horizon. But the kingdom of heaven is at hand. So okay, what's in heaven? It's wholeness, it's it's joy, it's worship. That's at hand for you. You might not see it right now, but it's still it's on the horizon. So when you pray, pray as if one day that person will get healed, whether it's now or in the future. When you believe for finances, believe God will come through, whether it's now or in the future. In your relationship, restoration is at hand for you because that's a heavenly perspective. It's for you. It's for now. So when it comes to removing the mask, no, okay, the kingdom of heaven is at hand. What's heaven saying over me? What's the kingdom of God saying over me? It's truth. It's life. It's life giving. So surround yourself with people that are going after the same thing. Surround yourself with people that are really believing for good, healthy, heavenly identity, the kind of identity that Jesus has for you. And I pray for you as you listen to this podcast this week, that these words will resonate with you, that they'll just surround you and that you'll know that even though stepping out can feel unsure, leave with a promise. It might not feel like you've got the whole thing sorted, that's okay. But leave with a promise. If God says it, it's going to come through. If he's spoken that promise over you, it's going to happen. That you can actually remove that mask and think, I'm going to be vulnerable. I'm going to show the world who I really am. I'm going to, I'm going to fully receive my full identity in Jesus. Might feel unfamiliar. Might feel like this doesn't belong to me, but it does. Live as if your promises are on the horizon. You might not see them right now, but it's okay. They're coming. Have hope. Have joy. Have peace. Have patience. He's with you. He's not going anywhere. You are fashion terrain. You are phenomenal. You're designed by the King of Kings. That's the truth. And I pray that this blesses you, that as you listen to this or as you mull it over this week, that you'll be empowered and encouraged to remove the mask. Trust in that God has the best for you.